All right, guys, we're back. We're halfway through the Western Conference. Got all the important stuff out of the way. Got the easy stuff out of the way. And now this is where it gets interesting. This is where it gets fun. It gets a little crazy. And we've had a whole off season to think crazy. So, you know, this is a safe place. We're going to let it all out. There's going to be no judgment whatsoever, um, especially if I'm saying it. So let, let, let's start with, with you, Ronan. Where are we going to put the, the rest of these crazy teams? I mean, the, 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 there's two big, big dogs we still haven't even mentioned, and the LA Clippers and, and the Golden State Warriors. And I think I want to start start with the Warriors. I think they're a little bit more interesting. And I'm looking at them, and I'm just thinking, I, I'm thinking more, more postseason, really, when I think of them, because I, I know we're just talking regular season here. When I look at them, I'm kind of like, are the, is this Golden State team a team capable of causing an upset? And that's where you look at, you know, they're going to have great coaching. Steve Kerr, great coach. That's going to get you to a certain level. Having Steph Curry, that, that, that gets you to that, that, that certain level as well. Now we're starting to ask, it's going to be the return of the Splash Bros. I think we're expecting Clay around December, January, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. What sort, of, what sort of level is he going to be able to come back at? And a big thing that might be able to soften that blow if he's not back to the guy that we all know from, uh, unfortunately, two years ago now. But the Insane. form of Jordan, the form of Jordan Poole is is that could be that could be a, a real big deal for this this Golden State team, especially with the struggles of the likes of the uh, the likes of Wiggins had last year and some of the some of the other young guys. So Jordan Poole really coming into form could prove huge here for this Golden State team. Yeah. So. That that's a huge point for me. Both of those things. Clay Thompson, what percent are you gonna get? I I think you get eighty percent of him at this point, and that's that's pretty that's success. You're happy with him returning like that, especially you know you don't come back from these injuries and just look as good as you were before. I mean that's the fact that Kevin Durant's doing it right now is just a testament to how amazing it is. That doesn't happen. So you expect that. And I think you you expect that you're gonna get a pretty close to what what kind of offense they had during the golden age. You know, Clay Thompson wasn't wasn't using his athleticism as much. We'll see how it translates to the defensive end. But like, if he's still that elite, greatest of all time catch and shoot guy, and he's still a two way menace, then that's all you can ask for for him. And Jordan Poole, that's something that was real last year. There's there's a lot of noise last season um especially given guys like jordan Poole, who at the beginning of the season you know they're kind of just they're rotation guys on a team that's just waiting for the return of their real stars and you know maybe they make some noise maybe they don't maybe it's real maybe it's not i mean he's somebody who's proven you know he's not just he's not just an nba player who's getting time and who's just hitting at the right moments you know he is legitimately talented at creating his own shot at facilitating. I mean, he could get strides better on defense. I think he's going to have a potential this year to have a Jordan Clarkson type of jump. Cause now that he has a defined role being a gunner off the bench, whether maybe he's even starting, I, I think they'll want to, to keep him off the bench. Cause when you have a guy like Curry, who's one of the most dynamic scorers we've ever seen in this game. And then you have a consistent onslaught of having Jordan Poole come off the bench and then doing what he does. I think that's going to give them a great chance to have a consistent um, replicable style of play that Steve Kerr likes to run. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's definitely the the way that they, 
they need to go with uh, with Jordan Pill. It's working and and it's going to work. It's going to keep on working for them. In terms of the where they sit in in terms of the West, I'm still picturing the Warriors as as a top eight team. I think they still have the talent and just alone in Steph Curry. I think and, and the the coaching ability of Steve Kerr would, would would get them there. And then they've got these guys that are going to fill roles, the, the likes of Draymond, the likes of, of, of Poole. And then we kind of wait and see what some of the young guys, what sort of what sort of opportunities they get, what sort of impact they are going to be able to have uh, this year. The likes of uh, Kaminga, that's, he, he's going to be an interesting one where, where they see his role in the first year, what sort of uh, impact that Wiseman can have this year. There's there's still some question marks there, but there's no doubt there's more than enough talent and more than enough consistency with with the Warriors as a whole that they're still going to be a a top-eight team in this Western Conference. Yeah, I think at baseline, I'd expect them to hit I'd expect them to hit 42 wins if things go bad. Mm. I, I, w- I would expect that. Um, and I don't think that things are going to get worse for them because health is already on their side, Come everyone coming back healthy. And last year, you know, I it was almost like a half-rookie season for James Wiseman yeah. with almost zero college experience, no training camp, no off-season to play the center position for the Warriors. I mean, that's that's an impossible task for most players. Um, so that that's why I mean finding finding fool's gold, like um, a real gold, I should say, for guys like Juan Toscano Anderson and um Jordan Poole for them to be successful throughout such a difficult period of time last year, that's awesome. But for someone like James Wise, and I think you expected it wasn't gonna come along. I mean, he's gonna be better next year, just by default. I don't I don't think he's gonna. I think it's still going to need a couple of years from him, but even just to be a near positive player, that's all you can ask for him because he was so bad defensively and he really wasn't, he wasn't allowing them to play a different style of play that worked. He was just kind of, kind of slow with his reads. He didn't let things flow like they like to do when Curry's on the floor. So if he can just figure out those things a little bit more in the off season, he's going to get more playing time and he's, Potentially, they'll give him more of a chance to be a pick and roll player, and really allow him to use his strengths there. So, there's so many reasons that can go right. You saw how Wiggins really found his role as you know the third third best player all around, and not taking too many shots. And I think he got way better from three last year. That was a development no one saw coming. And again, health. If you can get Clay back at eighty percent. You just picked up Otto Porter Jr. for pennies. If he's if he has health, I mean, I feel like I haven't seen him play, and he was on the Bulls for a couple of years. I barely even remember what he looks like. I I think that there, a lot of things can go right, and we're not talking about a top eight team. If everything goes right for this team, so I, I said forty, I'd say forty wins, forty two wins is like things went pretty bad for them. If everything goes right, I'm, I'm not crazy to see them hitting 50, 52 wins or something. Because, I mean, we're talking about the return of the best shooting duo of all time. We're talking about young guys who can get better. We're talking about a championship head coach, championship yeah, and organization. Andre Iguodala, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just just join. Maybe he'll also be a mentor. We'll talk about a mentor <laughs> later. Um, but, yeah, man, I, that's why this team, this team is in a weird tier here. 
because they almost feel like they don't belong just looking at the roster. But it's the it's the question of Clay's health. It's it's the question. You know, James Wiseman could look exactly the same. Um, Otto Porter Jr. could also play ten games this year. You know, thank God that Andrew Wait for for reasons that are obviously more important outside of sports. But thank God Andrew Wiggins got vaccinated, finally stepped up and did it. I, I think that you know I, I, they have a good baseline, but they could be they could possibly not belong in this year at all. They could be all the way up to, you know, where we talk about the Lakers and the Suns. Honestly, where they belong. That's where Steph Curry belongs. Yeah, 100%. He doesn't belong in these, these, uh, he doesn't belong to be talked about in teams like the Grizzlies, teams like the Clippers. Yeah. yeah. We're laying the challenge down to you, uh, Golden State and Steph Curry. Prove us wrong. Come up and show us so we haven't got a clue what we're talking about. But I know. I'm, oh, you I'm, don't have I'm, to show us. I'm pretty sure I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know you are desperate to talk about the Grizzlies, so I'm gonna yes. let you jump in on them ahead ahead of the Clippers. Hit me with some Grizzlies talk. All right. First of all, I mean, we just gotta look back on everything and realize that this is one of the youngest teams in the league. The, the, I think it was only because of uh, Tillman. No, Till, I'm pretty sure Tillman is their their oldest oldest player, and he was a rookie last year. He was uh, what 23, 24. So. This is a team without a lot of experience, but they beat out the Warriors. They made it to the playoffs, and you know they didn't look. They were obviously outclassed by the Jazz. I mean, they're historically amazing offensively. There's just too much that they couldn't do to counter them in the playoffs. But they looked like they belonged. That you know that the lights weren't too bright for them. They competed. Guys like Dylan Brooks were out there getting buckets. Guys like Xavier Tillman were getting minutes, and then guys like Desmond Bain, who this offseason he's been a guy that's really impressed me. If you see what he did in summer league, I mean, he he went from looking like, wow, this is a really great 3 and D find to this is a guy who can create off the dribble. This is a guy who can get to the rim. This is a guy who can facilitate. This is an all around like borderline. No, nah, I'm not going to I'm not going to go there. I won't go crazy. But, you know, you see you see guys like this who have like Chris Middleton esque trajectories. I'm not saying that's guys like Desmond Bain, but you have a lot of guys to bet on outside of your star duo, John Morant, Jaron Jackson, Jr. You know that they're going to get better, but then you got this collection of really good rotation guys, bona fide starters, I would say, and guys like, uh, like Brandon Clark. I mean, I, I think he'd start in most places, Kyle Anderson for sure. Um, but these young guys like Bain, Clark, um, Brooks, I think they, you could find that one of them might take a step. Brooks definitely has a confidence level. I'm, I'm curious if he can add to that this season, but Bain, I, I think he has it too. So it'll be interesting to see like which one of them comes out, but all that to say, man, I mean, this, this team has the stuff. They, they, they know how to compete as a young squad. Yeah. hundred percent. I think like you said, they, they surprised everyone last year with the, with the season they were able to put together. Except for themselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you look at them now and you're, you're, you could commonly say that they're playoff. They are they playoff certainties. I think that that's where it gets difficult for for these uh, Western Conference rankings because you know the bottom the bottom here. I mean, they're just so good. I, I don't think that the Grizzlies are going to miss the play in. That's that's for sure. I think I, what has to break right for this team. I mean, last year they were fourth in rebounds, first in steals, tied with Philly. 
seventh in defensive rating. They're going to be a top 10 defensive team, top five defensive team. And the thing is, offensively, they're fourth in assists, but they're 20th in three-point percentage. I mean, if you look, they're a little bit clunky and they're shooting and it wasn't always consistent. A lot of it was coming from the fast break, but you can tell that they're an unselfish team. You know, that coaching staff comes from that Greg Popovich style of uh, equal the equal offense. And, you know, what do you picture going right for them to jump out of this play-in certainty to maybe more a top top seven-ish team? Is, is that a possibility? And if so, like, I mean, what has to happen? I, I'm just thinking uh, a full season of hell from Jaron Jackson Jr. That's, that's yeah. kind of, that's, that's the big, that's kind of the big question mark within this Grizzlies team. I mean, it's a young group. They've added a little bit of experience. They got, they got Steve Adams coming in. He, he, he'll provide uh, solid minutes for them, but, Jaron Jackson Jr., he's he's a guy you're looking at and you're thinking this is a guy that can really have a breakthrough year in 2021, 2022. And if he's healthy, I'm pretty sure he's injured at the moment. I'm not sure if he's going to be ready for the start of the season, but you hope that's just a light a light thing. And come uh, I guess November from then on, he if he is healthy and he is he is ready to show that he is a star in this league. That that that's that's going to be the difference for this Memphis team, and whether or not they're playing tournament or they're uh, they're they're uh, they're pushing for for a top six, top seven finish. So, I'll, I'll give you some numbers here. If you if I told you that at the end of this year, Jaron Jackson Jr. put up. 20 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, three blocks a game, and did it on 38% shooting from three. Would would that would that shock you? No. I, I I honestly don't think that shocked me either. And I mean that's that's almost identical numbers to like stuff that you expect from Anthony Davis. And I think that's the trajectory that we were putting him on. Mm-hmm. If uh, minus, minus the minus the guard like skills. Um, which Jaron Jackson Jr. absolutely has. Uh, I think Anthony Davis has it to a different degree, but I'll I'll be curious to see, you know, how much higher his game can come along quickly, because he really didn't have the chance to do it, um, just getting his feet wet last season. But if he hits the ground running, um, I mean, I see him possibly being a most improved player type of guy. Yeah. The 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 delta that he can have from his production um, over the course of his career and next year, I, I think that's definitely it. And I'll keep it more simple. When you talk about factors that can change this team from being a, you know, eight seed, nine seed, 10 seed to being a top six is if John Morant can shoot his three off the dribble, if he can shoot out of the pick and roll, Mm. if he figures out how to just do that, have that one move. If you can force people to respect your shot in the pick and roll and go over the screen if you can really start to figure out your, your in-between game against the drop coverage, if just those two things happen for a guy who's a workhorse, we know he works hard. Just those two things happen. He goes to another stratosphere and that that's something that brings his team definitely within the, the top six. Yeah. 100%. I think that's, and that's, it's, it's one of the couple of the few you picked out kind of the couple of the few holes that we've really seen in uh in Jamaran's game in his couple of years in the league, and if he's a if he's found a way to even plug them to a degree, I think that will that will really help him take a huge leap in his third year. 
Yeah. And there's so, and it's different from, I see it almost like a Ben Simmons type of thing where when you started to see holes in Ben Simmons game, he didn't change. I mean, you actively see John Morant trying to adjust to how defenses have adjusted to him last year. I mean, they weren't letting him just go crazy at them at the rim anymore. They're really forcing him to shoot. So he started to shoot more and it didn't fall for him last season, but I, I really believe in his work ethic and, I, th- I think he has a translatable shot. There, there's some things to fix about it. We'll, we'll see. If Lonzo Ball can be a 40% three-point shooter, then hell, anybody can. John Moran definitely can. Yeah, 100%. Um, minimum, so, minimum, minimum thing is, even if you're not a Memphis Grizzlies fan, they're, they're a team to keep an eye on. They're just a team to, to enjoy. They're the, they're, the, they're the team that everyone around the league will love outside of Memphis. Yep. And so we won't wax poetic about them any longer. A team that feels weird to be here, but I feel like has to be here for kind of a boring reason, maybe not a popular mm-hmm. reason, is the Los Angeles Clippers, who obviously they are missing their best player. They're missing Kawhi Leonard. Um, but you can argue they still have Paul George. They are plugging in Eric Bledsoe, who, fun fact, actually, he's the only player ever drafted by the Clippers to play a total of three seasons there until Terrence Mann. Him and Terrence Mann will be the only players drafted by the Clippers to play beyond their third season with the team. Or first round, was it? Hold on. This is the stats that I got. What about Blake, Blake Griffin? Yeah, Blake Griffin, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was thinking that when you were talking. Wait, no, I, re- I read that. I'm going to have to remember that earlier. Hold on. Yeah, I was thinking about it as I was saying it. Am I reading fake news? Probably. But, th- but think about other, other players. I, I can't think of any besides Blake Griffin, besides Terrence Mann. Eric Bledsoe. Nah, like when you said it. that, I, I was totally believing it. Outside of Blake Griffin, I was like, yeah, 100%. That was, that was, that was <laughs> Wait, I need to find where I read that. See, th- this is a problem with fake news. You just read something, you don't verify it, you forget about it, then just like comes out of, comes out of you as you're talking. All right. Well, we're, we're going to get back and check. Yeah, we'll, but, we'll move on from that. But, uh, <laughs> but what, do you, what do you think about their they're lighted without Kawhi because they're going to have to, what do they replace? How do they replace that? Is it uh, Terrence Mann? There's, there's no, there is no replacing it. Let's, 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 you know, here. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a hard slog for, for the Clippers this regular season. Likelihood is they're not going to even, they're not going to get Kawhi back at all. That's putting extra pressure on health. You need guys. You need you want Ibaka to be healthy. You want George to be able to stay healthy for the full for the full season. He's always a guy that's going to struggle with his health. The only yeah. thing I will say is, Paul George finally impressed me in the playoffs last year. Before Kawhi went down and after Kawhi went down, he finally showed up. He finally looked like a guy who you can count on in the pressure moments. And that's that's going to be a huge deal for this Los Angeles Clippers team this year. It feels crazy that we're talking about them being almost probably questionable to to be in the the playing tournament. I mean, that's how much they could possibly struggle. They've 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 lost some important role players in the team. Obviously, they're they're down Kawhi Leonard, and they're just they're going to have to look to. Paul George and say, yeah, you remember that regular season you had in OKC? Yeah, you're going to need to do that again. 
That, that's what I look back at because I, I try to remember, all right, when was the last time that Paul George has truly been the number one? Um, and I, I don't, I didn't know if I counted that. Do, do, do you count that as being the only guy, you know, when, when it was, when it was him and Russell Westbrook? Yeah. I, it, 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 I, I think the last time was the Pacers. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. That's the last time he truly was the guy. And there's no question about it anymore. Um, I, I I don't know. I can't bet on Paul George. I can't bet on his health. I can't bet that he's going to do it over the course of the season. And I also can't bet that because, you know, what other creators are on this team? Is Luke Kennard going to fill that role? He could. He could. Reggie Jackson, I mean, has shown that his best quality is being an off-ball shooter. I mean, that's where he's best suited right now. Um, And that's, I mean, that's it. Are you going to expect Justice Winslow to do that? Uh, Terrence Mann, are you going to throw Keon Johnson, the rookie, to the the Wolves, see see what he can do? Um, There's just not (laughs) – what's going to be the the source of creation here? Maybe Mann is a guy that I look at that he could definitely take a leap. Not a, not a leap to the point of being an all-star or anything like that. I mean, just being a, a good starter. I mean, put, put him in the lineup instead of Eric Bledsoe. I mean, for the all-star break last year, he was 38.2% on threes. And then after the break, shooting 44% from three. And I think that was real development. Um, I mean, his free throw percentage has been going up every single year. Um, and at 85%, it's showing that his improvement with his shot has been, you know, one of the major things he needed to do. And he's done it. And just look at some of the games he had in the postseason. He has that gene to be a scorer. He has that gene to create for himself. And that is the one thing that, you know, I like that bet. That's exciting for me. I really want Terrence Mann to be successful. But if that's the kind of guy that you're betting on, that you're going to be a complete team, I, I just, I don't have faith that the Clippers are going to, are going to be sol- solidly as a top 16. Like a lot of people are predicting they'll be. No, I think uh, top six, I think it's almost it's this season going, going well for them. Unfortunately at the, at the stage right now, got a good coach. They've got, they've got, they've still got talent, but you're missing your best player. You've lost some other key role players that made a big difference for your team. If they end up in the top six this year, I'm putting it down to uh, pretty much all things going right for the Los Angeles Clippers. And a lot of things going wrong for everybody else. I yeah. mean, that, that for me, that looks like, like Terrence Mann went all the way to a 18-point-per-game score. And, I mean, Eric Bledsoe revitalizing his career. Luke Kennard having a career year. Justin's like a lot of a lot of these these bets have to go right, and I def, I'll I'll put them I keep them solidly below the Grizzlies and Warriors in this weird tier that we're in here. Um, yeah. But when we go beyond this, I think that's where things get hazy. That's where things get crazy. Like this is no man's land. This is everyone at each other's throats, and that's exactly what's going to be at the end of the season. It's like that every year. I mean, look at these stories. The Timberwolves, you have so much at stake. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, I mean, he, he, this guy looks exhausted. I mean, the amount of things he went through personally, 
and professionally. I mean, he's, he's just been through it all. And he said it himself, I've literally been through it all. And then you look at the Pelicans, you got Zion Williamson still can't stay healthy. They've already on their third coach for him. I mean, what, what, what is this team going to do to keep their star around and to, to keep David Griffin's job? I mean, that he's, he was there to usher in a new star. And then the Kings, again, they are on the longest. They're going to be on the longest streak now of missing the playoffs. And then they got this really interesting three-guard lineup. You just signed Fox to a huge deal. These teams are really, really interesting to me. I mean, the, the Spurs, I mean, they're going to be – I think they're going to be good, but I don't think they have as much at stake. There's a lot at stake for these other teams to get it right. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the the big one is the Pelicans. This is a this is a make or break season for the Pelicans. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and it's all it's all about Zion. I mean, his form, his health, his happiness. This is this is all coming down to this season. Really, it seems he's already already rumors of him being unhappy. I mean, the Pelicans. How much of that do you think is real? I'd say it's I, I put it as it, it, it there's a lot more real than than there should be. I think whenever you hear this, if in a lot of other situations you hear it after a couple of years, uh you you hear about people being unhappy, you think, oh, it's a lot of garbage. But in this in this situation, I think there is I still say I, I, I'd still say it's 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 being exaggerated, but I still think it's it's a lot more real than 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 you would than you would expect. Well, yeah, I would, I would kind of, I would, I would kind of say that if if my family came out and were saying negative things about my place where I worked, I would, and I that were they weren't true, they were just ostensibly not true. I would come out and say, and speak for myself and say, no, that is not true. I'm happy with this organization. I'm committed to this organization. I believe in this. Blah 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 blah. blah. I mean, but he never did that. You know, it just always ended with. Well, sources close to Zion, or a direct quote from someone who is in Zion's family. Like those are never denied; those are never refuted. And all you can do is you're right. With when there's smoke and no one's putting out the fire, then you know maybe it's there. But do you think it's on Zion, or I? I think it's on Ingram a little bit. What, what can Ingram do here? Zion's definitely going to come out to a slow start. He had a he had a little bit of a down year last year after becoming an all-star. Um, but defensively, can he become a two-way player? Can he, as a scorer, you know, be more of an all-around impact on this team? I think he has to be. Uh, in, in general, I mean, he, he's looked he's looked really impressive uh, since coming over to the Pelicans from the Lakers. Now it's the question. He's made the leap, I think, that a lot of people like, knew that he was capable of. Now it's can he add those few extra bits to his game to really become a dynamic partner for Zion Williams. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about it last year, just how, how interesting they could be, how dynamic they could be off of each other. And it turned in a different way. Brandon Ingram definitely became more of a, a second clear second star to Zion as Zion really emerged as a point forward. But you know, it didn't have that, their offensive play didn't have that shine. There are plenty of reasons, mostly attributed to roster construction, that were issues with that. Valence units, I think, will fit a lot better. I mean, that's a positive. Um, but, you know, 
talking about defense, you have to rely on Brandon Ingram, who's always been a negative defender, to be your best defender. That's not something I, I think is going to be sustainable for a team that's been a bottom seven team in defense for the past few years. Def- defensive rating last year was 23rd. And a lot of their offense, like we talked about this with the Lakers, a lot of their offense came from having a top 10 pace. And they just lost Lonzo and Bledsoe. Maybe that has an impact on that. Is Nikhil Alexander-Walker going to be the same defender that Lonzo was? Devontae Graham definitely is not. Um, Trey Murphy is a rookie. Kara Lewis still doesn't have a lot of experience. So I think they're ultimately going to take a step back defensively. And then with Willie Green, is he going to figure that out in his first season as a, as a coach? You know, he's got a great pedigree. We'll see how he does. But it's always a struggle to adjust to something new, too. Yeah, 100%. I think they're, they're, the likelihood is that they take a bit of a step back. But at the same time, you're looking at different aspects of Zion. Like, oh, of course, I think you seeing now foot injury with Zion. He's going to be out minimum the first two weeks of the season. Then they, they, they're not putting yeah. in the timetable. How, how about that? Coming into the, the press conference and nobody's heard about this, but apparently he just broke his foot in the middle of the offseason. Oh, yeah. Might have kept that, kept that one. Certainly kept that one quiet anyway. But, uh, yeah, so we're not really hearing when he's going to get back. Hopefully it is only the couple of weeks and then he's able to to come in and make a return but in general it's so it's this is such a difficult situation for the pelicans because if zion isn't happy if he has this idea of himself and he's not that's not he's not being able to to get that with the the first two years with the franchise is it just a question of okay we'll just let him do what he wants we'll let him play the position he wants we'll let him play the minutes that he wants let him do whatever he wants or is there a question of protecting him from himself because unfortunately health has been a big issue with him mm-hmm. in his in his short time in the NBA and they're going to have to they're going to have to tell him stuff that he doesn't want to hear and it's whether or not they can do that without uh Really, uh, souring the grapes too much. I think that's gonna be that's gonna be a a big big issue with the Pelicans this year. Yeah, and, and even on the court when they when he comes back, I mean, are they gonna get? Are they gonna improve? And again, who are you who are you betting on? I, I think Zion's definitely gonna improve when he when he gets back. But like I said, it could take time. It's gonna take time. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexander Walker. It's it's actually interesting to look at him because. You know, in the 14 games he got as a starter, albeit he was playing 34 minutes a game, which is not something he's going to see this year. I mean, he was averaging almost 25 and three. So we've seen that he has a potential to score, to play in the break, to really facilitate a team. He can do it in spurts, but can you do it over the course of a season? That's that's an X factor that would be very, that would be a great bet. If you're betting on uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, chances are slim, but he's shown flashes, he could do it. And if that's what it takes, you know, that that's possible that that gives them a third dynamic to work off of. But without something like that, without Brandon Ingram becoming blossoming as a two way player, um, which would be a shock. Yeah. You know, I, I think they're pretty much they're pretty much out of the plan for me, the way I see it. I, I don't I think they have an outside shot at the plan. They have an outside shot in the plan. If. If Zion's not healthy, I think that's their worst case scenario. If, if Zion's completely healthy, just goes back to normal. Brandon Ingram goes back to normal. I think they have a chance at the plan. I, I, I don't know. I don't feel higher than that. 
I yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't make a a, a, a real argument uh, of them going any higher with the the makeup of the roster, the 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 new coach, everything. It's another, it's another new beginning for for the Pelicans, but it's uh, certainly a big one for them. One of the teams you mentioned, the 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 Minnesota Timberwolves, they're they're a team I'm interested by. I, I'm looking at them. I'm thinking. All things going right for them. Not that anything ever goes right for the Minnesota Timberwolves, but all <laughs> things, all things going right for them. I'm picturing them finishing somewhere in the seven to ten position. I think those they, those two phrases don't go together. The Timberwolves and all things going right. That, that's <laughs> the, those don't belong together. No, Should we even no, talk no, about no. what just happened? Well, was was that's not 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 meant to happen, but. You know how high I am, I am on Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, this guy's coming back 100% and he's healthy. Obviously, this guy's had a horror time through COVID. It's just been awful for him. I don't know how he has the mentality to be able to come back and, and play at the, 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 the highest level. But if he is mm-hmm. capable of doing it, I believe that 100% and healthy. Can this guy put up similar performances consistently like the likes of Embiid and Jokic? 100%. He 100% has the ability to do that. Health and obviously different issues off the court are the big the big thing that are holding Carl uh, Anthony Towns back in his career. But I totally believe he's got more than enough talent to match guys like Embiid and Jokic who are playing a similar position to him. And then I feel in a big second year already, Ant. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah. he showed big flashes last year of of uh, of superstar level potential and now I'm looking at this year he's going to come back he's going to come back bigger he's going to come back stronger and he's going to be more consistent he's already got the personality of a guy who's just oozing with confidence and if we're going to be seeing consistently him cat and delo coming back in this this could be a fun year for the for the tim rolls and they could finally have a, a somewhat positive years after what what was the last time? Was it Cat Cat and Jimmy Butler? When was that? 2018? Yeah, 2017, 18. That yeah. was, that's the last time. And the year before that, Cat was picked as the NBA's best center and the best player to build around. He's voted that by NBA GMs. And after the year after that, Jimmy and Tibbs. And after that, nothing. They've yeah. had a whole lot of nothing. Um, ups and downs, you mentioned it. Um, I think for me, the biggest factor for him, for Carl Anthony Towns, is just the health that especially the mental health and just having the, it was an amazing article um, read about him just talking about his experience and, and struggling through that. And clearly, you know, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge issue. Um, But having a full off season to, to get right and to be with uh, uh, Finch. I I said it when Finch went there, I know it it was a controversial hire for a lot of different reasons, but Finch definitely has a vision of him being like Jokic. I mean, he's literally said it verbatim. Like, you know, he has all the talents Jokic has. Um, and with the athleticism, you know, the way, the way Jokic plays, I mean, it's, it's, it's magical. We, we all know it. We've all seen it. We've, we've been bewildered by it for years and just accept the MVP greatness he has. There's no reason, like you said, that those skills should not translate on this team with enough practice and enough defense around him because I, I think they can figure it out on the offensive end. If you compare those two teams, you know, if, if you want to do this mental exercise, you have Carl Anthony Towns playing that Jokic like uh, mold. You have Anthony Edwards playing definitely in that, uh, 
in that Jamal Murray mold. D'Lo, I mean, that that's a that's another playmaking source that they wouldn't have, but you know, he's he's an off-ball shooter, like they have plentiful amount in in Denver. Um, then when you look at their wings, you know, I'm really excited with what the what they could do defensively next year um, with more consistent um, training. You know, they're, they're going to be under the same system for a whole offseason now. Josh Okogie, Jaden McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt, Torian Prince. Those are good defenders. You have a lot, you have a wealth of wing defenders and you have a Boone and Anthony Edwards who, you know, if he turns it on, he decides to be a two-way player. You've seen him engaged. You've seen he can absolutely do it. And, you know, you could start to forget about D'Angelo Russell being a bad defender when you got all those good defenders around him. You can start to forget about Carl Anthony Towns not being the most uh, effective rim protector when you got guys on the perimeter just stuffing every rotation. And I don't see why, if things go right, like we talked about best and worst case scenarios, you know, worst case scenario, this stays dysfunctional and they're in the bottom of the West again. That's totally possible. But this is why this is the craziest team for me in the NBA, because based on their talent alone, and the known application of that talent in a system that Chris Finch has worked in with a team like the Nuggets with Jokic, there's no reason why they do not have the talent to do something as insane as being a top six team. That's insane. You know, that I that's I don't think that's gonna happen, but I'm just talking about talent-wise. Like you you can talk yourself into a situation where the script completely flips, but I think realistically they should absolutely be in the hunt for a seventh seed, an eighth seed. I mean, they will be on the fringes of, I think they'll be successful enough, but if things magically work out, like it does every once in a while, it doesn't happen often, you know, that this team has the foundation, the star power, the depth, the coaching to potentially do it. But, you know, like you said, it's the Timberwolves. When is something broke right for them? Exactly. The, 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 the talent's there. It's just a question of whether or not the team is there or not. So that was, that, that was honestly the craziest thing I looked at. And I, I want to point out one last thing about Ant. The last nine games, 27 points, five assists, five boards, 41% on threes on 7.8 attempts. Uzi was looking like Curry. 61% from two on 10.3 attempts, 78% on the line. I mean, rookies, they almost always hit a wall, whether it's health, whether it's just getting found out, not having enough in their bag. He got better every single part of the season. It was insane. And who knows? Did he grow 6'6"? Six, six? Did, 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 did someone confirm that? Uh, I didn't see it. Didn't see if we hadn't confirmed. I, said, I certainly saw people saying it now, but... Uh... It, I mean, it's tough to know how tall, how tall he is when he's already jumping over everyone. So, it, like, those two <laughs> inches really aren't aren't easy to notice. But, um, hey, 6'6", six, six, if he's Jordan. He's Jordan if he's 6'6". Six, six, I don't know. Yeah, I think that, 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 that height worked out pretty well for Jordan, though. So, what, what do we – I put them above everybody in this weird tier. I, I, I put them above the Pelicans for sure. I put them above the Spurs. I definitely yeah. put them above the Kings. I, I think they're – they're solidly 10th if I'm if I'm doing hard rankings here with Pelicans probably being probably being uh between 12 and 13. Kings are Kings are gonna be weird. 
Spurs, I mean, I don't think they have enough star power. Um, yeah, in terms of the Spurs, I'm literally like, what? what's the goal this season when I think about the Spurs? Obviously, there's some talent there. There's some question marks uh, about some of the youth, but it really just seems like they're going to do whatever they can to leave this team in the best possible position for the new head coach. I feel like I'm hearing lots of talk about who's going to be coming in after Pop, and I think their goal is just to leave this team in the best possible position for a new head coach, whether that be tanking and having a number number one, two, three pick maybe next year or, or whatever it is. I don't think there's any real ambition for this Spurs team to go on and uh, make a leap this year. I think they're, if they, they can sustain what they did last year, I think they'll be more than happy. Kevin Pelton uh, was saying that they're an interesting, uh, weird, weird, obviously not realistic, but weird team to think about if Kyrie ultimately decides not to get vaccinated and a trade is better than retirement. There's there's the, the money that makes it work, the system that makes it work, and the political environment that will allow him to play. <laughs> just, to, just throwing it out there. But... Uh, who can make a jump here, though? If we're sticking with this team, when we talk about best case, worst case, you know, I've been waiting too long for Dejounte Murray, and I, I still don't see, I don't see the semblance of his offensive game to make him arguably a, a lead guy. I, I I still don't see that. I mean, I I love how he can play both sides of the ball, but in terms of just being your lead guard. It, I still haven't seen that out of him. Lonnie Walker, you're still waiting. Devin Vassell's looked really interesting uh, last year and in the summer league. He's one of those guys that summer league preseason, like he looks like, you know, he looks more confident. He looks like his his um, work in the offseason has paid his dividends. And same with Keldon Johnson. Turned it up last year, picked for the Olympics this year. Um, but no star power. And that's the thing. Like, what, how are they going to really – no, and what are we going to see out of Zach Collins? Is he is he healthy? <laughs> Probably not. He's never healthy. I mean, he's yeah. one like I've noticed foot injuries. That that's something so common among these big guys that is difficult. That's why I don't think it was reported on Zion because that foot injuries are a serious long term thing. Hmm. Yeah, no. If I, when I'm thinking of the Spurs, I'm thinking best case scenario. I'm thinking they are in the nine or ten uh, seed in the West and just uh, battling to try and make it in by by the play-in. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, I don't really see them doing anything this year, and I don't th- see them being too disappointed about that either. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Pop might be. That's just never a team that that's uh, pushing for that kind of uh, that kind of season. But the Kings, you know, I'm, I'm finding myself a little more interested in the Kings than I thought I'd be. Um, just the presence of Davion Mitchell alone, Davion Mitchell, I don't think I've ever been as convinced about a three-guard lineup than with these guys, specifically because it's Halliburton who can play multiple positions, who can play the wing, stretch the floor, can play make, very good defender, very high IQ guy. And then you add that kind of player in Davion Mitchell, and the only complaint you have is his frame. But you see that he defends beyond his frame, and they want him to do that. They did He did that in college, and they want him to do it in the NBA. If he can do that, you know – that's that's a really devastating lineup of three creating, shooting, slashing guards. And then if you can figure out something in your front court, I mean, Harrison Barnes has been excellent 
glue guy, excellent uh, three-point shooter, multifaceted defender. Maybe Bar- Marvin Bagley then, that, that's your other X factor. But I think they have more X factors than the Spurs. And they, they actually have the semblance of something that could work out. It's, it's just about the defense, honestly. I, I think the defense and if they're able to hold things together without size. Oh, yeah. When you compare the Spurs and the Kings, I think that the Kings have a very obvious potential star power within their team. And just like you said, X-Factors that can step up and and, uh, and have, have a big year that, that can push this Kings team into looking like similar 7, 8, 9 seed. That, that's got to be that they're, where they're trying to hit. But, I mean... Buddy Heald, I mean, they've they've been talking about trading him for the past three years. He, he's still here. I mean, what sort of ambition, what sort of passion is he going to come back and want to play with, really? I mean, he said it. He's committed. He's yeah. here. He's here now. He yeah, hates but, the questions. I would, too. Yeah. And then Marvin Bagley, I think uh, he's a former number two pick. I think it's time. This is this is a year. This is a... Uh, What's this? This is third, third year, fourth year. This is it. This is his. Uh, he's coming into his fourth year. Yeah, I think this is time to. Mr. Doncic was drafted after him. Yeah, time, time to step up. Time to to show that you are worthy of of, of being selected with the number two pick, and that it wasn't a mistake. And if he can do that, that could be that could be a real big difference maker for this for this Kings team. Because I, I I I think Halliburton's got mega talent i think he's gonna have a big second year just like i think ant is gonna have a a, a a big year and i think him and fox together if those two are ready to ball out together the kings the, the, the kings could be a, a sneaky outsider for for a, a top eight top nine spot see it's funny because like you you were tell you seem a little bit negative on bagley but i'm already past it to be honest um i maybe it's the health thing but you know, his, he hasn't gotten much more efficient. You know, the three-point shot has come along a little bit better. Um, his rebounding has been good, but, I mean, his rebounding hasn't been great for a guy who, you know, he was a motor rebounder in college. I mean, this is a guy who was supposed to be a demon on the boards at a minimum. But, like, we, we haven't seen that from him. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, having him be more of a, a wing and a stretch four and, and trying to get him into that as opposed to maybe just having him be, be in a better position. And that that's also a question of uh, Luke Walton. I mean, that's someone who's definitely on a hot seat. If things don't go right early in this season, I mean, that could be another uh, coaching change right there. I mean, hell, you got guys like Terry Stotts who's just waiting for uh, a new position. Yeah. Um, so, and look, and think about this, Terry Stotts knows how to work with multiple guards. He, he's, he definitely knows how to work with multiple guards. Um, but I, I think that Bagley, it's his last chance, but I, I don't expect it. If, if he can just be an okay defender and find a way to be more active as a center and really embrace that position, I, I think he'll, he'll do a lot, he'll do a lot better. And then they'll be able to be, I, I think they'll be able to challenge for the, the eight seed, nine seed. I, I, I put them over the Spurs for that, for the reason of their talent right now. Um, and I think Davion Mitchell, he's going to be a big reason why. I mean, they need a defense, and I think he's going to bring a lot of that. And he's going to bring that culture that they've been lacking. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I was. I'm really looking forward to seeing him this year. I was really high on him straight right out of right out of the draft, and I think yeah, I'm with you there. He's gonna have he's gonna have a big year and uh, for for this Kings team, and he's gonna be a, a big difference maker for them. So, we come down now to the the, the, to the final two, the two that uh, I don't think either of us can uh, can confidently make a, make a make a case for them really uh, getting into the. Uh, the playing the thunder well, guess and the what? rockets the guess what the rockets i think they're going to be a sneaky league pass favorite this year they're going to be a very fun team to watch i mean you got young guys up and down the roster kevin porter junior started to emerge last year finally gets a chance to be you know the lead guard on a team and then you got alongside him rookie dynamite rookie Jalen green just look at i've never seen rookies um that are just so confident in their step back three at this point of the season i mean that that's emerging from preseason to right now i mean Jalen green is already firing it off like he's a he's a nba vet and he deserves to take that kind of shot like they're really giving him the green light and then you got christian wood who's had a career year and is trying to build off of that you know he's going to be trying to uh jockey for a better contract and then up and down the roster jay sean tate love him Kenyon martin jr shangun and josh christopher even what you've seen from him in this uh in this uh preseason this is going to be a team that plays free they're going to play fast they're going to shoot a hell out of the ball and they're going to have john wall the most expensive mentor on the planet hanging out on the sidelines making sure that they uh produce to their best ability yeah, I think uh, the, the big thing for this Roxy, it's all about the growth uh, of, of the youth. This is a real young team and a real exciting team, really. I mean, Jalen Green already showing signs that this guy's got real superstar potential. Kevin Porter Jr., looking at him, is he going to be able to have a breakthrough year? He's really going to get it. He's really going to get a shot this year. And the way I look at it, if they have a big year from their youth and just a strong, solid year from the more experienced players. They do have a few within the roster. They could most definitely be a, a, an outside show for the play-in, but that's only with all things going. That's only all things going, uh, going right for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I, I don't see them winning thirty games this year. But the thing is with this team is they are going to get blown out on most nights. But then they're gonna they're gonna face a team like like the Jazz. They're gonna face a team like the the Lakers, and they're gonna they're gonna take them down to the wire. I mean, this team is gonna be explosive, scoring the ball. And you know those teams that try to take a night off against this this young squad. I mean, they got guys who, you know, Jalen Green's got the biggest chip on his shoulder in the world, being <laughs> drafted second. But they had legitimately have guys who can score the hell out of the ball. You know, Daniel Tice is even, he's a great addition there. And I think it's just going to be fun to watch these young guys develop. I mean, this is a team that makes sense in how it's been drafted out pretty quickly. A lot of these guys know their roles and they're trying to grow in them. So with, without, I think, the friction of a team with a lot of young guys who don't know roles, I think this could be a really healthy, young environment, maybe similar to the Grizzlies. In the way the Grizzlies had a lot of guys who were, coming up into their own form, but you know, that there is a, there's an infrastructure there that made sense. You know, Alperin Shangun isn't this guy who got drafted because he's going to be the side. Everyone knows it's Jalen green, 
But, you know, I think they've given Kevin Porter Jr. the nod that you know, they absolutely value him as a future piece as well. And Christian Wood, they already gave him his respect with his money. I mean, a lot of these guys, I think, are going to be comforted to be competing at the level they are, even though they're not getting their shine just yet. I, I, I'm really, I'm really excited to see how they can develop. Yeah, and uh, speaking of a team that makes sense, let's look at one that doesn't make a, 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 quite quite as much sense in the in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, I mean the yeah. the, the only thing I'm looking at it here, I'm just kind of like, can Shea Gilgis Alexander flourish amidst the the youth? Really, he got paid this year. He's he is the guy for OKC, but. Is this their whole goal this year? Just try and figure out what we want to do with our roster, with all our picks, and find out, figure out what sort of team we want to build around Shea. I think that's the the pressure is all on on the the front office really of the uh, of the Oklahoma City Sun, Thunder this year. You know, I started to hear a lot of talk about trades for Shea. Um, and and that's interesting for me because it's starting to feel like Shea is outgrowing the path of this team. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to be a lot of ways that they could propel this rebuild to the point where Shea Gilgis Alexander's talent level is going to match where they're trying to be. Unless you get something crazy out of a Darius Basley or a Pokashevsky, um, and unless Josh Giddy is something that we don't see him being right now. And that Josh Giddy's been really interesting. I, I'm not really sure where that experiment's going, but he clearly has the skill level to be a very, very fun basketball player to watch. But I wonder if, I wonder if they just continue to double down on the youth movement. If, if Shea ends up becoming what I think he'll be, and I, I think I'm really high on Shea. I think Shea is going to, he should be an all-star next year, first of all. And I think you look at the numbers he's put up year after year, the shooting improvement, he's only going to get better. He's only going to get better. And a team's going to need a guy like that who's a burgeoning star. He's not yet on a super max, but he's locked up. And there will be teams who will pay a pretty big price for that. They'll more. He's the kind of guy that can graduate into a future star that you'd mortgage your future for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm totally with you there. I mean, I, I love what I see out of Shea's game. It's, it's just what you were saying. It's, it's a question of, is, is this just, just too small a market at, at this time? Is this just this team just too, too deep in a rebuild that Shea? It's just not the right time for him to be in OKC. I mean, last year. Of course, he only got to actually play 35 games, but I mean, he's averaging 24, 5, and 6 while shooting 51% from the field, 42% from three, and above 80% from the free throw line. This guy's got mega talent. And I think for him himself, I'd say he can see what's going on with this OKC team. I think as this season progresses, if he's not seeing them make some kind of big moves, he may start pushing down and trying and trying to work a move himself because I think this guy has got a pretty high ceiling and he may he may be uh, getting to that point pretty soon where it's time for him to be 
within a franchise that are at least on the cusp of taking that step towards being a, a playoff competitor. In true coast to coast form, we ended on the note of demanding trades out of small market teams. That's, <laughs> that's just what we do around here. But I, I think that wraps it up. We did that pretty good. I, I think we, I think we crushed that. I, I don't, I don't think I'll look back at this and be too wrong. I, th- I think I think I got a better handle on this than I thought. So look out, Timberwolves could be could be a fifth seed, could be a, a 15th seed. We'll never know. No, we will never know with the the, the, the Timberwolves. Uh, I know a couple of Timberwolves fans, and I know that the pain that they must go through year after year. No and, Ben Simmons either. They don't need him. Uh, no, and uh, God. Just, just, I, I hope for them that, 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 that for the first time ever, everything goes right. Yeah. And I'm glad, I'm honestly so glad we're talking about West Coast because, you know, I, I, the Ben Simmons thing, I'm done with it. The Kyrie Irving thing, I'm done with it. Season starts next week. Can't wait to get back on the mic and talk about some real basketball and talk about, you know, I'll, I'll show you. You watch the Lakers for a few games and you'll, you'll believe what I'm talking about. And you watch LeBron for a few games and you'll believe what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll break that down next time. Thank you guys for joining us on this two-part series. Season starts next week. Let's get it. on today's episode of coast to coast don't forget to hit us up on instagram and twitter at coast to coast nba podcast to hear your takes discussed right here on the show and remember take every shot and love every moment